This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going Going well, Doc. Uh, I'm just sort of checking the calendar and realizing we're, we're kind of drifting into festive season. And, uh, and I can, is that a, what is that silver behind your ear? Is that a little, a little bit of tinsel that you've been uh, doing the tree, Doc? Uh, or, you, or, or are you making a statement? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's old age, Gordon. It's, it's, it's finally happened, eh? It's there. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Gordon, well, all you know. We certainly have had um, a very busy run of it. You know, we've doubled up in some of the weeks. We're uh, into the last stretch of the year. And again, you know, some some more interesting guests. And, and again, I'm going to leave you to introduce and welcome our guests. But again, you know, to our listeners out there, as we always say, be part of the conversation today. Again, lots of lots of unpacking, uh, lots of stuff to get through. So, yeah, let me hand it over to you to welcome our guests. Yeah, we've got a very rich uh, discussion today. Uh, we're talking about the release of the first real sort of uh, main tranche of information from maps from the uh, from the MRF. So there's a lot of detail to talk about. We won't be able to get through all of that, but we've got uh, with us, uh, unfortunately not in studio, but uh, through the miracle uh, of Zoom, uh, Johan Koster, who's the CEO of the Market Research Foundation, and Marie Rousseau, who tells me her, her title is uh, project manager. But I think, you know, for me, I think I would address her, especially after watching this series, The Crown, um, after all her years in this project, I think we just address her as mom or your majesty. One of those those two uh, project managers to fit, quite frankly. But Johan and uh, Marie, welcome. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us here. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Gordon. It's great to be here. Thank you. Marie, maybe let me just toss this one at you to, to, to start with. Lots of new stuff to talk about with the, the latest uh, full uh, full kind of uh, release, a wave of uh, 
of MAPS data. But just for those listeners who are not familiar with the journey, can we just take a step back, give us the context for MRF, uh, Market Research Foundation, and MAPS, and, and the journey from what I guess around about 2016 or so. Just a brief intro so that the, the listeners can catch up with us. Okay, so the brief intro is that we never lost sight of the, the loss of the research. We always plan to come back into research to replace the AMPs. So we have re-engineered the AMPs. It is modernized and it is so rich with data, it is unbelievable. You can sit and work on it for a year without even finding everything out that's in there. Um, we obviously have a new um, research company, Plus94, um, young, very dynamic company. We're very happy with it. And the results are awesome in my maps. I can't say enough of all the data that's in there. Um, do you want to know how we do the field work? Field I think the field work will be of interest. And particularly, just okay. talk a bit about, about the benefits of the rolling database, because in the past, we've sort of, you know, dipped in and out, big six months dip in and then you dip out again and you dip back in. But this rolling uh, wave principle, I think, is, is also of interest. Okay, so what we've done is instead of coming back every six months, we have constant research out in field throughout the year, and we release the data every quarter, adding it up into a 12-month rolling data set. Then after that first 12 months, we drop off the old quarter, we add the new quarter, so you constantly have new data out in the field. It's much more fresh, um, and this also allows us to create a tracking study so that we'll be able to look at the quarters individually if you particularly want to track one one or two or whatever items you wish to. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a very sexy addition to uh, to the model that, that sort of year on year tracking because we, we've talked often on the show about the impossibility really of trending over any length of period, but year on year is definitely something that, that we're all used to reporting on. And then also the big shift, um, you know, towards the uh, coping in COVID, you, you know, you had this combination of CAPI and, and a much bigger Leave Behind Diary. Uh, the old Leave Behind Diary, I think, only used to do uh, product information, but I think it's expanded now as well. Yes, it is. Um, very much so. We now use tablet-assisted interviews, which are geocoded. That is where our geocoding comes from. Because each interview is, is um, pegged at the geospatial point. Um, we do a face-to-face, -face, about 45 minutes to an, to an hour of face-to-face uh, -face questions. Then we have the leave behind in two formats. We've got a leave behind in the paper format and an electronic version. So the people being interviewed have a choice of whether they want to do the electronic version or the paper version. We have changed our format for the products. It's no longer black and white logos. It is now pack shots, full color pack shots, so that you get a better brand recognition and product recognition. We have also added a huge bank of behavioral questions to the back of that questionnaire so that we're now starting to get incredible insights into people's behavior. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Doc, this sort of ID, packaging ID, <clears throat> is, is going to be a lot better. I think some of the original, going back to the original Levi's on AMS questionnaires, 
uh, I think had sort of black and white logo drawings. Uh, it was that primitive. So I think that that is a huge, a huge improvement uh, uh, in that regard. Um, you know, just generally speaking, um, thinking of the clients that, that you're dealing with and your subscribers, how are they able to correlate this back to their own kind of uh, sales information? Are, are you getting any feedback from them in, in terms of, of, a, of a, a reasonable fit? On our scrutiny team, we've got um, people that are very well versed in various levels of um, product usage and categories of product usage. And throughout that, that, that um, process, we have had correlation that we are in the ballpark. Okay, so I mean, that, that's crucial. Johanna, I, mean, I think maybe you comment here as well that obviously this is one of the benefits of being in a partnership, as it were, with the Marketing Association essay that you, you've got representation from marketers in the, uh, in the front line, the action line, so to speak. Absolutely, Gordon. I think the, the, role, the role that our subscribers play um, and as well as their agencies is vital for the, the overall health of, of MAP. So we involve them throughout the process in making sure that, you know, our scrutiny processes and release process that, um, you know, they're familiar with the data, they've had a chance to scrutinize it, to, to give their feedback, you know, whatever adjustments we need to make, make are, are incorporated and, uh, before we release the data. So, that's a you know very collaborative process on, on our side in terms of, of working with with the marketers and, and the agencies. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you guys now about some of the big developments. Of course, the reason that we enjoy Safiso uh, Falala on the show from Plus 94 is that he is also a very dedicated Arsenal supporter. So we do like to keep a, a quality uh, kind of profile to the station here. We don't want this being watered down with Eastern Cape rugby from the dock all the time. Um, but just, uh, sorry, Doc, you, you no, sound no, like you were... It's, uh, no, it is, I mean, we've done pretty well, Gordon. I think we've had about at least eight or ten episodes where you haven't referenced Arsenal. So, uh, you know, that's not, not bad, not bad. And, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't commented about uh, your mates down the road there at, at Spurs and their, and their change of leadership again. But, anyway, let's get back on to... Uh, I'll do what you discussed. Back on track. So, Johan, Marie, um, let, take us through. I mean, there's so much detail, as you said. Um, take us through some of the, the big developments, this kind of the standout points of difference, um, and, and perhaps those, also those areas now that you've got the full sample, which I think is of the order of about 20,000 now with the both waves combined. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things you can comment on now that you're a bit kind of nervous about commenting on just when you, when you release that first sort of wave. Yeah. Thanks, Gordon. Maybe I can maybe I can kick it off and then Marie can jump in. Um, I think the, the important and exciting bit for us is that we now have that full twenty thousand uh, sample, twelve months worth of data. And as Maria said, that's a continuous process of collecting that um, that data from consumers. You know, we never stop. We're in the field all the time, every month, every week. Um, so this process is just continuously rolling and collecting insights and data from consumers. And I think the most important point to make here is that, you know, to understand where MAPS fits into the whole kind of data landscape. <clears throat> and MAPS is designed to be the kind of go-to information base for, for marketers um, and agencies when it comes to uh, consumer behavior uh, research. It's, MAPS is not designed to be um, media research. It's designed to be consumer research, which happens to include how consumers 
um, consume brands and products that are also media. So I think it's, that's an important point. That would form the base of your your kind of your data strategy within organizations. So so maps is the starting point. You would get a kind of a strategic view of the country, of the lay of the land in terms of uh, consumer behavior, and then maybe start delving deeper into your specific category or service area where your where your particular um, organization is, is active. As far as uh, the insights are concerned, now that we have the full full data set, I think we we're very happy with with the res results that we've seen. It's you know it's a young survey; it's only a year old now. There was likely to be some things that we, we you know uh, might not be 100% happy with. That is the case. There are some things that we think would um, still improve over time. Um, but generally speaking, the health is very good. I think the picture we're getting from, from MAPS is, is very sound. It, it correlates well with other data sets that we see out there. Uh, and it's giving a very good 360 view of how consumers are behaving and making decisions and their lifestyles out there. So I think it's very rich and insightful um, information source for, for marketers. Um, I think... You know, just kind of to give context, uh, MAPS uh, covers um, the market of uh, uh, consumers of 15 years and older. So everything we cite, all the stats and stuff we might cite in this, in this episode is, uh, you know, put it in that context. It's 15 plus. It doesn't uh, include people younger than 15 years old. Um, and I think... South Africa is a very young country. We all know this. About 50% of the population is younger than 35. Uh, if you add, if you go from zero to 35 years old, you're almost at two-thirds of the population that falls within that bracket. So it's a very, very young country. Population is very young. Millennials and Generation X still dominates the population. About 84% of the population is millennial or Generation X. But we'll start seeing Generation Z coming through from next year because they start getting into that 15 plus age bracket. And we'll start seeing their interest in the market. And I think that would be very, very interesting. A lot of people are uh, find themselves in single parent families, 31% of the population, single parent families. 51% uh, of the population have dependents, whether it's their own children or you know, family or elderly or, or friends that they may be taking care of. Um, and the average household income or, you know, household income um, is quite stressed. Uh, about 67% of, of households have an income of less than 10,000 rand a year. So it's a, it's a young country and it's a poor country. And I think given the fact that there's so many single parents and, and dependents within the economy, there's, there's quite a bit of stress on the, on the, on the consumer. Um, and I think Given the latest developments that we've seen coming through in terms of the economy and supply chain problems, I think these these kinds of problems would exacerbate exacerbate that stress on the on the consumer. And and you know we hope to get through this case, but I, I doubt that I think there is going to be some some massive impact on consumers out there. That's something to to keep in to keep in mind. Um, interesting kind of context and base for the for any marketer operating in this country. A kind of starting point in terms of how, how to approach the South African market. Um, from, from interesting insights perspective, I think what's new in, in maps uh, that is very interesting to us is the whole um, range of questions around uh, consumer behavior and multi-platform consumption of uh, the different media types. Um, and it's really insightful to understand when, you know, 
we, for instance, ask the question, if you're watching television, what else are you doing? You know, what other media are you, are you engaging with? Um, and that's, you know, extremely insightful to see how people, how many um, different types of media people are engaged with. We can see clearly from this, from this data that we're getting out of maps that radio, for instance, is still the companion medium. It's, it's everywhere. Everyone is, there's always a radio seems to be playing in the background or whether they're driving in the car or, or watching the TV, you know, there, there's, there's always radio in the background. But what is very interesting to me as well is the fact that when we ask people if they, when they're watching TV, what else are they doing? 43% of them said they're also on social media. Um, and I think that, that just shows kind of, and the inverse is also true. When you ask people if, if they are on social media, what else are they doing? 41% said uh, they are also watching television. So I think there's, it shows a very strong relationship uh, between television and social media. Um, it shows that uh, interactive component and the ability or the opportunity to, there to, to kind of extract maximum, maximum exposure by combining television and social media. It also showed when you look at print media, for, for instance, and we know print has had a shorter time over the last year with COVID and all the restrictions and, and, and many publications closing down and now starting to open up again. But it also shows the strength of print in terms of holding attention. So when we ask people when, you know, when they're reading a newspaper, for instance, what else are they engaged in? And yes, there's social media and radio in the background there, and they are engaging on those platforms also, but it's at a much, much lower level. So it shows us that, you know, when people are reading, reading the newspaper, whether that's online or in, in paper form, they're very engaged and it, it really keeps their attention. So very, very interesting insights as far as media, you know, multi-platform kind of media consumption is concerned. Uh, maybe Marie wants to talk about some of the behavioral stuff and the new questions around behavior and decision-making. Uh, also very, very insightful. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Johan, thanks very much. For you. Just be, Marie, if you don't mind, just before you, you get into that next section, I mean, just that whole multi-platform, and I found it interesting. I mean, years ago, we, we were talking about the whole second screen, and it's not just the screen now. You know, you've got your audio track, your constant companion, but you make the point, Johan, maybe, you know, some of those media types, and we know they're more actively engaged, like reading, versus a, a passive piece of content that's in the background. So, yeah, very interesting. And, you know, just, I mean, I was, when... I was preparing for this podcast, reading through those stats, you know, Gordon, I thought back two years ago, and, and we never termed it that. Certainly when, when we did our homework as kids at school, we always had the radio on in the background. So it was a constant companion, and today it's just, you know, in different guises and, and different forms. So, yeah, you know, thanks thanks for, for that. Um, sorry, Maria, I interrupted you as you were about to launch into your point. <laughs> No, that's uh, fine. The stuff, yeah, which is interesting because yeah. I think more and more planning, just to recap around that, and we saw that last week uh, or so with Monique from uh, Classens from, from Cantor, that, you know, it's not just enough to plan on the numbers, um, but you've got to plan on, on, on the impact of, of that interface with consumers. And that's why, yeah, just to quickly recap for Marie Chirps in there, that um, I like the way you phrase that you're looking at how consumers uh, consume medium rather than how many. How many is a currency issue, how is a planning issue. So uh, I'm, I'm really keen to hear some of these behavioral insights from Marie. Right. Um, very interesting because we ask questions that um, have never been asked before. 
one of one of my favorites is, is how do you decide to get insurance whether it's household or combined insurance or vehicle insurance who do you go to for your information where do you source your information do you speak to your family do you speak to your friends do you go to social media i particularly expected social media to be top of the pops it's actually not social media is not top of the pops it is self-research Self-research is top of the pop. So the people are inclined to go and research the company, research prices. We've also asked what would make you make a decision in, in favor of any particular insurance company. Would it be price? Would it be reputation? That kind of stuff. So there's lots of information there that you could do there, find out there. We also do a self-perception bank of questions which is very interesting because it gives you insight into how people see themselves. Um, normally, we don't ask, people don't ask, how do you see yourself? We presume, we make presumptions and uh, not always accurate. When you see the results of how do you see yourself, the same as parenting skills. Interesting that the parenting skills, the um, parents from the lower Lower income groups do not see themselves as good parents, and they also do not view themselves as very healthy, which is also we, we, we pulse about health, self-perception on your health. Um, we have pulsed on consumer, how you buy clothing. Is there a difference between purchasing for yourself, your partner, or your children? Yes, there is. There, there are differences in where you would go. Would you go to a branded store for yourself and go to the... Um, the sales for your children, and that seems to be borne out um, within, within that. Obviously, our geo maps is very important too because we then start putting, with the shopping patterns, we start putting the malls together with that. Yeah, that geo maps thing is interesting. Um, geo maps, yes, we can now take it down, geo maps, um, Africa Scope, our partner takes it down to suburb level so that you can actually now target down to suburb level. So just a quick question on that. I mean, how big are those samples? How many, how many communities can we get down to? And if uh, there's a community I want to get, which I can't locate in, uh, in maps, can I chat to AfricaScope to enhance the lens in that one particular community? Can they, can they enrich the data at a community level if we did some sort yes. of data fusion there? Yes, they can do that. They can enrich that. Plus, they can overlay any of your own bespoke research as well over the maps into, into a geo, geospatial map. Very okay. interesting thing. Yeah. So, again, we will talk a little bit now about, about fusion and, and where we go going forward. One of the, one of the big issues, um, Marie, you talked about the journey from AMPS through to MAPS. It's, it's not been a journey that uh, has always in the happiest of journeys, but uh, it's a journey nevertheless that, that's taken place. Um, so there was some hope, I think fairly recently, uh, maybe back end of last year, that we'd find some resolution to the issue of LSM and versus the SEM segmentation. I say versus, but in truth, SEM uses nine of, nine of the 14 variables of LSM anyway, so they're a lot closer than many people might think. Is there any... Uh, development on, on the LSM-SEM segmentation front towards having a more consistent uh, socioeconomic tool, given the case of SEM, where it's used as a room waiting for television audience. So whatever we look at, you know, digital media, traditional media, television is still 
central to it and becoming even more central. Um, is there any any development on the LSM SEM uh, segmentation thing in terms of a bit of a two-nodding there? I'm going to hand that one over to Johan. So, Gordon, there definitely is. There are plans around that, and I think the the difficulty was that we didn't have a full data set of of and a full sample size of maps, so, so we couldn't really establish what the shortcomings of LSMs were, and you know what the strengths of it are, and how SEMs are still performing in, in, in modern times. You know, um, it's also it's also been five or six years since it's been developed. So we need to kind of engage with those two tools and understand exactly how well they work. Um, and then there's the point that the SEMs are, I think, quite well entrenched on on the media buying and media planning side, but maybe not so much much with the with the marketers or the advertisers, who many of whom still use LSMs in terms of their own strategic kind of targeting and, and, and planning and all of that. So. I think that what we are trying to achieve is to collaborate with all the other joint industry committees and have talks with them, look at, I think there's a general acceptance that uh, neither LSMs or SEMs are, are any longer ideal. Which road we take going forward, whether, whether that um, requires us um, kind of updating the SEMs uh, or you know, a new version of the LSMs is, is still in talks. Our personal feeling as the MRF is that, you know, SEMs are not really entrenched. The LSMs are a bit long in, in the tooth. There's so much happening on a technology front in terms of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Uh, and we've seen many international developments now around uh, socioeconomic segmentation and all of that, that perhaps the time is right for, for something completely new and more adaptive to the South African environment and specific to the South African environment that will stand the test of time, you know, using things like machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. So we've been working with the Bureau of Market Research on a kind of concept and a model that we think might work. It's up to us to now have those engagements with the other industry bodies and having those, those discussions around how we roll that out, if we roll it out, and, you know, how, how we can kind of try and entrench that in the market. Yeah, that, that BMR uh, model, which, if I'm not mistaken, was... Uh, released or, or discussed at PAMRO uh, fairly recently was very, very interesting. Um, it's a very sexy planning tool. Um, how one would migrate that to media would be the challenge, but it certainly had a lot going for it uh, in the sense that it had a, an element, if I recall the paper correctly, of sort of engagement, which was interesting. So it wasn't just a static photograph. It's almost like a little video clip of, of your level of engagement with uh, the economy, not just how much money you had potentially to engage, which, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I, I ask these questions because one of the most important white papers to come out of the industry in the last year was from the World Federation of Advertisers in, in terms of cross-media measurement. And there is a very, very specific uh, expectation there that what they call the, the buy side and the sell side, media owners and agency planners should consolidate and come with it with a common view. And that common view would include a common view of what constitutes listening, viewing, reading, et cetera. Plus, there's, a, there's an expectation that there should be common definitions on target markets. So, uh, you know, that's the North Star that they were referencing. It, it's definitely a most important kind of game for us in time. Doc, I mean, the, you've, you've planned at, you know, high-level sort of macro planning right down to detailed behavioral planning. I mean, how, how do you kind of interface with data from the marketer's perspective? How do you extract the high-level stuff with the, with the nuance of, this, of the personalized stuff? 
Yeah, Gordon, I think, you know, and, and we've spoken about that before. And as marketing and markets become more complex, and Johan, you've made the, the comment around, you know, the deficiencies in, in certainly LSM and, and, and perhaps to a degree also SEM, socioeconomic uh, measures as well. Gordon, I've always relied on, on specialists. And, and I think the big thing for me, you know, is to try and take the clutter out of it. You know, in other words, and, and this is, I'm going to go answer your question correctly now, but just to marketers listening out there, be part of this conversation, get onto the site, download the latest data, but this is the, this is the answer to you. Don't just download the data, work through it, work through it with your agencies, work through it with your creative guys. I've made the point so many times, Gordon, is that say collaboration, you know, as things become more complicated, you need more collaboration, you need more care and understanding. You know, gone are the days, and I can be honest with you, many days I would sit through research presentations where the guys would lose me in the first few slides because they presented badly. And I just didn't buy into it, you know what I mean? And then they got muddled up in it and it was dysfunctional. You, you can't afford that. The creative guys need to understand it. They very rarely sat in those meetings. That was more the media and the strategists. I'm advocating now that people sit together and understand the data and pull it apart. Marketing, as we've spoken before on shows, is in a quandary, Gordon. People are saying that you guys are, are not a scientific discipline, you're not a function, you, you're all over the place. And I think, to me, the big challenge is, you know, if I if I could do it again, in, in other words, my career, I would I would almost insist on more collaboration, and I'd do it earlier in the process. And that's, you know, that's my take on, on, on the thing. Yeah, so I mean, collaboration, that's a good point <clears throat> to throw the next question at, at Johanna and Marie. I mean, uh, I thought your, 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 your reference to muddled up and dysfunctional initially, I thought you were talking about Spurs, but uh, I, I suddenly realized you weren't actually talking about Spurs at that point. Um, so just a quick question, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think one of the points that certainly your, your uh industry trade communications emphasize the single source data. And yet if we look at uh, initiatives around the world, if we look at the paper presented at PAMRO recently uh, out of the Netherlands on the National Media Onderzoek, there's a recognition that it's impossible for one study to do everything. And that's why the cross-media me measurement North Star initiative is there to provide consistent definition. So as long as we have a consistent definition of what constitutes a viewer or a market segment, in survey X, Y, or Z, we can move around these surveys uh, using data fusion, or I think the, the phrase which I enjoyed from many classes uh, uh, last week was uh, something like lookalike audiences. So is there a recognition going forward that the market's so complex, maps can't do it all? I mean, what's your view on, 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 on fusion versus uh, just a pure standalone single source data? Oh, Gordon, I think MAPS is never, was never designed to be a, um, the answer to everything. Um, it is not, it is single source in the sense that the data is sourced from, from one household um, and it gives you, a, it covers all the basics in terms of everything from products and brand services, media consumption, lifestyle, behavior, uh, decision making, all of those things. So in, the, it's, in that sense, it's single source, but it, it's not intended to replace the, the, the role that currencies play because currencies have a very important role and it's very specific to that media or medium in terms of doing uh, specific research there and providing um, you know, the, the kind of specifics that you need to determine return on investment and all of that so, and, and doing 
detailed planning and all of that. So MAPS is, is designed to kind of be the base, as I said earlier, to onto which everything else can hook. Um, so you would kind of get a big picture lay of the land, develop your strategy, have a good understanding of your consumer or your target market from MAPS, and from there move on into the currencies to, to look at detailed planning around uh, purchasing media or, or you know rolling out new products and services and all of those things. So our, our, our position in terms of that is definitely we agree that there should be standardization across across the industry. As a matter of fact, we've we've had a as a all the joint industry committees responsible for all the other research, we've had a meeting to start talks around that, to look at um, standardizing definitions and, and, and working towards that kind of common goal, even having a standard set of questions that's common to all of these other surveys, so that if the time comes and when we, we need to do fusion, we are able to do that um, efficiently and quickly. So there's definitely uh, support from us in terms of standardization, there's support from us in terms of fusion as as possibly arriving at a at a data set that that provides more answers, uh, our view is that maps maps should be kind of the base of that of that fusion effort. Um, but we also think that fusion should happen within you know it should be organised and there's some criteria that that should govern how fusion is, is done. Um, you know we can't just have all kinds of little bits and pieces being fused together and think that that will create an, an accurate picture. Space and time, I think, in terms of what we've seen develop now with COVID and how people's behavior has shifted, space and time becomes extremely important in, in, when, when you fuse. You know, you can't have a bit of data that's two years old fused with a bit of data that's three months old fused with another bit of data that's one day old. You know, the relevance of all of that, you need to put that in context and understand exactly what, what has changed over time and how fusible these data sets are. So... I think that's also important for us is to have yeah. a strong set of criteria around this. Yeah, I'm just going, speaking of time, I'm conscious of, of, of uh, the limitations of, of Zoom, but I do like that space and time, yes. Uh, I think that as a dimension beyond the normal hooks of demographics, et cetera, um, makes an awful lot of sense. So uh, just a last quick question as, as we move into wrap up. Uh, how, how do I get hold of uh, the insights? I mean, I think a lot of those... Uh, presentations are, are downloadable. Um, and then do I have to be a member of the MASA to be a, uh, a data user? How do I subscribe? Just a, a quick wrap on that, and then I'm going to leave it to the doc to, to close us off. Gordon, all, the, all our presentations and, and videos of the presentations are available on our, on our website, mrsa.org.za. If there are any questions around that, and if anyone is interested, want more detail, they can always contact us at mrs at mrssa.co.za. Subscription, uh, accessing maps is a subscription model. So you kind of pay an annual subscription to access the data. The core, our core target market is, is marketers and advertisers. Um, they subscribe and then they give access to their agencies. But we've also got options available for other parties who also want to, you know, like media owners and research companies, they can also approach us to, to access the data and we can work out something with it. So, yeah, no, it's, it's all on the website and or otherwise contact us if you have more questions. Great. 
Thanks, Johan. Thanks, Marie. And again, you know, uh, Gordon, as we say every week to our listeners out there, you know, be part of it, be part of the conversation, get involved, uh, go onto the website, educate yourself, uh, interrogate the data. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, and yeah, enrich yourself and, and come out better on the other side. Johan, Marie, thanks. From my side, I'm going to leave Gordon to just close us out today. But thanks. I really appreciate your time and effort to be with us. Uh, and uh, I'll leave it to Gordon. Yeah, guys, thanks, uh, yeah, thanks, Marie, for, for, for joining us. Fantastic. The only stat in which I completely and utterly disagree with you is that 100% of the population has dependents, and they are called politicians, and I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Jalissa, okay. thanks for joining us, everyone. Take care. No. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you very Bye. much. Bye-bye. Bye. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.